Greetings and salutations, board game fans. The Dice Pirates have returned. This is episode 46. Last episode, we learned something. We decided to get a little bit smarter. We had a good time. This episode, we've decided to go the completely different direction. We are going to talk about racing games. We're just going to go fast. We're going to go as quickly as we can. No time to stop. Not no curious. time to think. Go fast, go fast, go fast. I, as always, am your captain, Ian, joined by Matt and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Hi, hi, hi. Head out on the highway, looking for adventure. I don't know racing songs. I'm excited to talk about racing, man. This is this is uh this is great. It's a fun topic. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, it's an interesting genre. Just as a, uh, all the games are very similar, you know. But there's a lot you can do with it. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into that later. That'll be really fun. But of course, we're gonna start off with some soapboxes. And Aaron, I know you got something that we're gonna talk about. So, uh, huge news in the board game world recently. Uh, Long-time holder of the number one spot on Board Game Geek's ranking of all board games, Gloomhaven, has been dethroned. Okay, I haven't heard these. On and popping. I have not heard this news. I'm out of the loop. I've I've been at work a lot. I don't know this, so I'm reacting in real time to this. Within... One 24-hour period, Gloomhaven has fallen to number three. What? Supplanted, wow. Supplanted uh, number two spot, Pandemic wait, wait. Legacy Season I want, 1. I want Matt to try and guess the number one. So what is currently the best board game, according to the users of Board Game oh. In the entire world. Wait. The best board game, full stop. Wait, so Pandemic Legacy Season 2... Gloomhaven's fallen all the way to three. The number, the current number one board game of all time. Is it Crokinole? No, it wouldn't be Crokinole. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. No, uh, what an outrageous upset that would be, though. That would be, it would be an incredible surge for Crokinole. Um, gosh, what has like gained a lot of like traction? Is it like Everdell Secret? What is that game? Dwellings of Everdale. It's not. It's not Everdale. No, no the, or... uh, actually, it's a game. I think we've played this one. Actually, what's hot right now? I don't know. We've played this one. Yeah, I think we've played this one. Uh, it's actually so the uh, uh, it's Brass Birmingham. What? A sudden upsurge in popularity of Brass Birmingham. Two, 2018's Brass Birmingham. Why? Yeah, I. Uh, oh. I was completely shocked. But, I don't. But 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 why, Aaron? What's happening? Uh, I don't know. There has been a lot made of this uh, online. Obviously, a lot of a lot of people getting weirdly mad about it. I find it hard to believe. Whatever reason that the normally well-reasoned <laughs> community of board game geek would would react poorly to this. Is there a conspiracy? That's what I would love. Is there somebody who believes that there's shenanigans or chicanery underway to make this happen? Now, we'll say Birmingham has been sitting in the top five for a while now. Yeah. Uh, But it it is crazy that it took over Gloomhaven and that Gloomhaven fell again to number three. Yeah, that's what blows me away. I mean, I'm not saying... Brass Birmingham. Brass Birmingham is a good game. I'm just surprised that it made it to number one. Like it, that's that's impressive. It, it's a just fine game, but it's very odd that like 
Yeah, it's it's an odd thing for number one. It's not odd when you look at like the history of board gaming. Like for many years, the number one game was Twilight Struggle, right? I mean, there's not nothing more nerdy and wonky than an asymmetrical war game like that, you know, head to head or whatever. But uh, but in recent years, you know, everything's been trending toward more thematic, story driven, narrative heavy games, and so for like the most Euro-y of Euro games, Brass Birmingham, to like suddenly climb to the top. It does make me think that they changed their algorithm or something. Did they change the way they're counting reviews? Um, it feels like there would be a more dry and boring explanation than a sudden upsurge in popularity. Yeah. Well, I think, and uh, just to dive in, like, I think that honestly this is, because we talked about this a little bit with uh, Jamie Stegmaier, I think actually briefly. Um, we had him on for the interview, but the uh, it's a lot. There's so many more games now that you're not going to see as often. People games are going to get higher ratings now because the people that rate them are the people that play them, and games are not the same game. Like everybody has played Monopoly, not everybody's played Brass Birmingham. But if you played Brass Birmingham, you're probably going to like it necessarily. <laughs> so you're more likely to rate it if you've played it and enjoyed it so it's entirely possible that's why it's gotten so high uh i honestly think some of one of the reasons that maybe it fell to three because i saw it when it fell to two the fact that it fell to three was actually quite a surprise for me and uh, having spent uh probably too much time uh you know s- skulking around the the sewer of uh rating reviews that is you know one and two star reviews um I wouldn't be surprised if this is just a continuation of like the campaign by people to like rate it low because they really dislike the direction that uh, they've gone with the game and Frosthaven and stuff like that. And then once it fell to two, they were like, let's go and jumped in and made it three. That's, that's my, uh, that's my conspiracy theory. I could, I could actually get on board with that. I'm looking at it right now. I, I, I was going to ask, like, are we looking at like a Gloomhaven backlash? Um, is it just been too popular for too long? Has it been too ubiquitous? It doesn't feel like Frosthaven is like resonating with people. Maybe it's just is it? Well, maybe it's not really out yet, right? I mean, some people seem to have it. When I look on, I mean, Instagram. people already have Gloomhaven. Like, it, you can't be as big as Gloomhaven if Gloomhaven is the biggest thing ever. You know? Like, yeah. I just say. Yeah, when something is so entrenched, and that is a, and it's not a new game. I mean, I figured the time for Gloomhaven to come down would be when some like insane hot new property arrives the next gloomhaven it, it doesn't feel like brass is the next gloomhaven you know what i mean so yeah there, there's something odd going on here i'm not fully convinced this is like as much about the shifting winds of uh board game you know tastes as it is about the weirdness that is bgg's uh <laughs> overall system and how it rules our lives as board gamers uh the board game you know the all-time list is such a weird ephemeral thing you know so i don't know it's interesting i yeah no it's a we'll have to love to see if it falls further that would be that would be interesting uh definitely looking forward to to seeing more about that we're actually going to go ahead and jump right into our game nice uh, nice easy soapboxes and we're going to play some uh bitter board gamers of course i'm going to read a couple one-star reviews you guys are going to guess what it is are you guys ready to play let's do this let's do it all right let's go ahead and jump into the first review we played, a, we played a print and play version with six people. You randomly will just lose for no reason because of a random card draw. Then your whole game is basically just spent trying to get other people to lose as well. 
Playing just to make someone lose is not fun. There are many better party games, so I will pass on this. It needed way more playtesting. Uh, Playing well, to make someone lose. I gotta say, that, that I know of at least one person that would disagree strongly with the phrase. Playing to make someone lose is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, uh, I think I that person would argue it's, it's uh, uh, sometimes more fun. It's the only reason you play, right? To 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 hear the lament to, to crush your enemies and see them driven before you and hear the lamentations of the woman. Uh, so I don't I don't know what 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 is this what is this yeah I I for a minute there I thought it was Oregon Trail again but uh, there's no mechanism for you to like make other people lose after you've been like eliminated in Oregon Trail you just you just did um, yeah. I got nothing. Uh, I think party gonna... game where you play to make other people. Okay, all right. Let's go ahead and uh, let's do a second review here. Let's, let's do a second review. You guys can get this. Uh, I played the print and play of this game, and after a few plays, we found it to be extremely broken. We carefully followed all the rules. I read them three times carefully, and they're quite simple. We tried it with a group of five, and it's basically unplayable. In our three plays of it, everybody lost every single game. See, in this game. Everyone can lose and generally will. Now, that's not fun. So you can and will lose the game very early on, and then you basically try to ruin everyone else's time. Can you imagine buying a game that is just a few dice, cards, and a small board for $40 and getting an evening where everyone loses several games in a row? It's got some fun negotiation, lying if you have a very talkative crowd, like we do, but then at the end you basically have to convince others to ruin their game with you. So in the end you feel like you are tricking people into losing just so you aren't alone in losing. It's an awfully lame game mechanic. Glad I learned this was just another broken Kickstarter game before backing. Ooh, a lot of clues in there. A broken Kickstarter. A lot of clues in there. And it's, it's only raised the mystery to me. The dice and the board was like a... I watched uh, Aaron's face. It was like a plot twist. I thought this was a card game. And then all of a sudden it was like, this is a dice game. Board in the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, is it is it Cards Against Humanity? And we're just that... We're, we're thinking too big. You know what I was thinking? Then, like, I was thinking Flux up until he said card and a board. Or board. Yeah. Dice and a board. I'm like, okay. Now, now, now I'm in the weeds. This is the hardest board game. This is the hardest bitter board gamer of all time. I am f- truly flummoxed. All right. Well, let's. So, actually, the uh, give you a, a little hint here. Um, we actually talked about this game right before we started recording. So, uh, you asking me to recall things that happened upwards of five <laughs> right? minutes ago? I'm trying. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't actually listening when we were talking. I was just politely waiting for my turn to speak. It was. Uh, wait. I know what it is. Wait. Is it Tiny Epic Dungeons? No, it is not Tiny Epic Dungeons. This is, in fact, Bristol 1350. Oh! Uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty broken. But it's not broken in a bad way. It's broken in a fun yeah. way, right? It's, it's, like it's, a very, it's, it's a very specific kind of game. Uh, people really do not like the fact that uh, when you lose, your entire game revolves around making everybody else lose uh, and yeah. keeping them from getting to the finish line winning it's it's uh i mean obviously it's not that cut and dry i think we're going to talk about this game later but the uh yeah people a lot of people don't like this one i think you have to like reframe your idea of losing right you know because it's like if you in the game if you get the plague you're trying to get everyone else at that point you're just like i want everyone else to have it (laughs) basically right yeah yeah that makes sense to me 
the I think like I said I think we're gonna get into this one a little more because I uh, got some thoughts on this one for sure. All right, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our second game. Here is your first review. Don't like people moving me or me having to move other people. I like games where we have boundaries. In hindsight, it turns out I just generally don't like racing games. Oh man, I don't like people moving me, and I don't like moving other people in a racing game. I'm just, I'm just gonna take a flyer because uh, just in case there's a theme here, is this in fact my game, Dodo's Riding Dinos? It is not Dodo's Riding Dinos, but you're very close. Missed it by that much. All right. Um, let, me see. Let, me, let me go ahead and uh, let me give you a, a second review here. This one you should Racing you, uh, game when you move other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After another play, I can see some issues with it. It is way too long with a tendency for players to overthink it. You are incentivized to bet on your own car, and there are other better gamble games out there. Hmm. Oh, this is, uh, we were just talking about it. We were just talking about this, but you clearly weren't paying attention. What? Is Downforce? No. It's Downforce! It is Downforce? That's it. Oh. It is Downforce. I had, I had Rally Man stuck in my head. I know. You had Rally Man in your head. You couldn't get past it. I had Rally Man out of my brain, which is a great game. I actually never played Downforce. I only kind of know what it is just in the in broad strokes. Yeah. No, it's a... Uh, I, I think I want to briefly talk about... I think I want to briefly talk about that one when we're going through the, the racing games later because it's it's an interesting... It's, it's, it's a fascinating, like... Uh, subgenre of the racing uh genres you know the, the betting on on people uh, and the betting on various uh cars and stuff like that it's interesting it's very interesting the uh so that is bitter board gamers a couple couple racing games definitely a little bit of theme of there and so of course and we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break we'll be right back with our main discussion in just a second Alrighty, and welcome back to the Dice Pirates, where we're going to go ahead and jump into our main topic this week, which is vroom vroom racing games. That's right. We're talking about burning rubber, making laps, Tokyo drifting, and also a little bit of the plague. Uh, we're talking about three very different uh, racing game experiences. We're going to be talking about Bristol 1350, Dodos versus Dinos, and running it out, we're going to get into Rallyman gt so uh uh ian where, where do you want to start yeah so i think we should start with um bristol 1350 arguably uh the the least racing game of the of the bunch um but i think it still kind of counts here the yeah. uh obviously you know we just talked about this we just had a couple of reviews so i sort of want to break down just kind of how the game works in broad strokes um Bristol 1350 is part of like those group of games that have been put out uh, by that by that developer who are they're very much like large party games. You can play these games with generally up to nine people, and they're mm-hmm. very good in a big group. Uh, the way that this one works is you're trying to get out of the city of Bristol after the Black Plague has fallen on the city, and everybody starts in uh, three different carts, and you're trying to get you're trying to get a uh, out of the city each round you're going to roll some dice and the dice are going to determine which cart moves forward there's like a path with spaces very similar to how most racing games work there each cart is going to move forward one space and you can move them left and right and you know forward on the track and the uh you're trying to get in the cart that's furthest forward so every turn you get to move around a cart you can elbow your way to the front you can run up to the next cart throw somebody out throw them in the cart behind the uh so you're just trying to you're not con- you, you're not controlling the cars themselves you are 
sort of indirectly with the dice, but you also may not be in the cart that's that's being controlled, but you can get in there later if you're smart about it. Now, where the, the game kind of brings its social element into play is that you also have uh, various cards which with ha- which have numbers on them, and if they ever if the numbers that you have ever get above a certain amount, then you contract the plague, and all of a sudden you are sick. And what a lot of the reviews are talking about is that at this point you have now lost the game. You can no longer win, and so your goal is to make sure that the people who cross over the cart that makes it over the uh, out of the city first has you in it, so that the the cart that has gotten out with uh, hopefully healthy people, in fact, does have a sick person in it, and they do not win. And that's really your goal as a uh, as a person who is in fact sick. And then you're trying to get other people sick. There are moments where you can like shuffle the cards in between other people and potentially try and give other people high numbers to to get them sick. So it is in in many ways it is like a party social like deduction game wrapped around sort of the the skeleton of a racing game which is conceptually fascinating it's the weirdest game i've ever played i I really do like i hadn't thought about this game in a while until we were kind of in our brainstorming session before recording and you brought it back up to mind i started remembering our playthroughs of it and it really is a weird game because it is uh it's a competitive sort of cooperative thing where you're all trying to escape the city, but you want to make sure you only escape with people who don't have the plague. So there's a hidden roll mechanic on top of it. It's dice rolling. It's card play. It's just, it's a mess of ideas in the box. And I, you can't probably fairly say that it all like comes together seamlessly, seamlessly. It's not elegant in that word that we like to use for board games, but it's really original And it's very funny, like, when you kick somebody off the back of the cart or use your whip or some other move to, like, knock somebody off and leap between carts to try to, like, get up to the front. I mean, it's buck wild. There's stuff happening on every turn. You kind of have to just get in the mindset of, like, these wagons are racing out of the city and people are jostling for survival, and it's crazy. Yeah. The, this whole the whole group of games is facade games being the publisher with all the different games that they've published they're all the ones that come in like those little books that you open up right and I don't think I would consider any of the games that they put out great games uh, that's not to say they're bad games but I think they're all very serviceable party games that yeah. much like party games often tend to be is they're not robust in their mechanics there you meant to enjoy them you cannot take it seriously because the cracks will show and the cracks are very wide well and it's super short well okay i'll counter one i'm gonna counter one thing you said sir i think salem is a pretty great game i think their salem witch trials uh game is a better implement is, is one of the better implementations of the werewolf like somebody's coming to kill you in the night mechanic it's very thematic it's very fun i think you should i think if you only get one uh facade game it should be uh salem if you only get two it should be uh salem and tortuga if you get three you should go ahead and get bristol because there's only those three <laughs> no there's deadwood i forgot there's one out. no there's actually yeah there's a, another another one out now the uh, yeah. and there's a, another one on the way as well they're actually a kickstarter as well so they're up to five uh I- on the way so you almost can't talk about these games without talking about the production value. And it may be that the company is so like, I don't know, maybe they're not quite standing the edges off their gameplay because they're worried about the design concept, but these 
are incredible looking games. Look like an old timey leather bound book, and they look great on your shelf. You open it up. They're small profile form factor games. They're almost tiny epic games in the fact that it's they're very few components. They're it's a teensy little thing. Um, I think these are great. They're really fun. But Bristol, um, is it a racing game? I think it definitely is, though. It has that same feel of jostling to be first. But it's a racing game where there's a hidden role factor because you don't know who has to play. I mean, again, to win Bristol, you not only have to like escape the city first, but you have to escape the city with nobody in your cart with uh, the plague. And you don't have the plague. So I think probably the sticking point that most people get hung up on the game and don't like it is if you do have the plague, you're just in kind of a spoiler mode at that point where you're just trying to stop everybody else. Is that fun? Yes, of course it is. I don't know why people don't like that. It's really fun. It's like, if I can't win, nobody's going to win. You know, it's, it's, it's just chaotic. It's a truly like chaotic thing. That's why I, I've come to really enjoy like a lot of the various racing games, and uh, I'm actually going to insert uh, a short sort of dis- discussion of Downforce here real quick because I kind of want to throw that in the same box as like a racing game that sort of introduces something else to the mechanics. It's not just getting around the the course as fast as you can. Uh, in Downforce, you're uh, you're actually um, like placing bets on who you think is going to finish first. You have to like buy a car at the beginning and you want that car to finish, but also if it doesn't, you can still place very like canny bets on who you think is going to get to the end first. And it's a game that I, I, I think I'd like to talk for more in depth about that one uh, at some other point. Cause there's a lot that I, a lot of thoughts I have on that one, but it's one of the same things where it's like, it's a racing game, but you also, you also bring in the whole aspect of like, oh, okay, but it's not just about racing because you're not really controlling one car. You're controlling all the cars. You just want the car you bet on to get far ahead. What if somebody else bet on that car too? It is like the a lot of racing games seem to like to incorporate sort of that social aspect into it as well. Or what happens if you're not just controlling your car, you're also working against the other people with controlling one. I think that's really interesting. It's it's something that I do, I do think makes Bristol work. Um, like you said, you have to take it. You can't take it seriously. But I do think it, it when it works for it, it does. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't played Bristol. I have played a large number of games to Salem. So while I can't speak to Bristol specifically, um, facade games, like their ability to... Like, they're all just variations on what if Werewolf was actually an enjoyable game <laughs> It's fun to play. Uh, and they do it really well. It's the only Werewolf game that I will play. So uh, I, it's been on my list for a while. I just haven't gotten around to picking it up. But just just hearing you guys talk excitedly about it, I am more like, okay, so I guess I need to, to move that up the buy list then. Yeah, it's really polarizing. If you look at it on the Board Game Geek rankings, as we just talked about, it's got a 6.9, which is a real like inflection point in Board Game Geek rankings. Like uh, eight, eight, and eight is good. Eight, eight games are generally great. Seven games are probably pretty good. Six is like okay, this game's got some funkiness. This this game's uh, this is this is some funky cheese. Not everybody's gonna like it. Uh, so I like a good six game though, because I feel like a six game is doing something a little weird. You know, it's a little bit, not going to be as much of a crowd pleaser, but it's probably going to be pretty interesting. And I would say that's a fair assessment of Bristol. 
So to move on to something uh, very different and uh, far away from the de depressing Black Plague, uh, Aaron, I know you played uh, Dodo's Riding Dinos. Yes, it is uh, Dodo's Riding Dinos. Just as goofy as the name suggests. Uh, it is a, a racing game. The game comes with like four or eight tracks just in the base box. I've, I've only... I've played it a couple times, but the person who owns it has the he got the the Doodah Kickstarter edition, so I, I don't know exactly what's retail versus special. Um, but it is just you've got a bunch of dinosaurs that are all being ridden by dodos racing around a track, and it is the closest and I don't want to say most accurate, but best feeling abstraction of Mario Kart as a board game that I've ever played. I think it's the best one. Uh, <clears throat> so the game's pretty straightforward. On your turn, uh, everyone has a hand of cards. Your cards are also your hit points. So if you, if you take damage, you have to discard cards. Uh, on your turn, you'll pick a card from your hand, play it, face down in front of you, everyone reveals at the same time. And there's it's three types of cards, but there's two main types of cards. There are uh, friendly and aggressive cards. If you play a friendly card, it usually, you don't move as far. The effect is not as strong if it even has one. You get to move forward a little bit, and maybe you get to draw extra cards or you know something small like that. The aggressive cards will move you a lot further or will allow you to engage in these dexterity mini games just sprinkled so delightfully throughout the game. Uh, some of them will be, uh, there's a, an egg that you have to put your wrist on the table and then flick it at the board without moving your arm. There's a log that you have to roll from your hand with your hand resting on top of your mini to try and hit the other racers. So there's there's a uh, and I think there's a meteor that you have to drop from at least three feet above the table <laughs> oh, down onto incredible. the board. I love that. Oh, that sounds it's, amazing. It, there's there's several more items. I can't remember all of them and how they function, but they're all fun little things like that where it just takes a second. It's not a, a huge stop the game for 10 minutes um you know it's it's nothing it's it's not a a thing where somebody has to spend five minutes lining up their their little flick shot every time i suppose you could but don't play with those people they take the games entirely too seriously <laughs> um but if more than half of the people playing play an aggressive card their abilities all fizzle so there's a little bit of that playing the other players where you have to figure out what everyone else is going to try and do this turn and if you should play aggressively or not because you don't want to use your one good card and then everyone played aggressive and you don't get to do the cool thing right but maybe you do want to play an aggressive card because you're pretty sure other people are going to and you don't want them to get their abilities or you just play the friendly card and scoot on ahead. 
Um, it's so, so good. It is fast. The game plays in like 30 minutes for a single race. Nice. And that's with six people around the table. So, like, you can't beat that. That's perfect. That's enough for, like, let's play it again, which is a great yes. racing game. We very rarely, anytime it's come to the table, we've rarely just played once. Because That's awesome. it is, it's so fun and it's so fast. It doesn't, it's the sort of thing that if the game lasted an hour, we wouldn't play it as much. We'll spend an hour playing it over multiple races. But because it is so fast moving, um, and the, the tracks themselves are fairly short. It's usually just once around. First across is the winner, and then there's some stuff to figure out uh, later placing. Uh, but it's just, it's wonderfully produced, which is always a nice thing. You uh, you have actually have an option of using either the minis or the wooden player pieces, so, and the, the wooden player pieces look absolutely delightful. They are so cute beautiful. and adorable. Oh my gosh! Um, but it's it's a uh, it's it's really fun. It feels like it doesn't it it feels like a race. You're constantly jockeying for position. There's stuff that happens if you have to end up in the same space as somebody else, um, you know. And it it really abstracts, like I said, that Mario Kart feel. Yeah, of, that sounds awesome picking up the the mushroom there's dice that you can roll that will sometimes let you zoom ahead there's there is a banana peel i don't remember how it works in the game but like you've got these these mario kart-esque little twists on what what otherwise would be just a very boring and bland racing game that really elevate the experience and just make it a joy to play and that the fact that the it, the focus isn't the dexterity game so if you don't like dexterity games you don't even need to engage with that yeah but this isn't a game where you're super punished if you don't like that or you're bad at it because you do your little thing you toss it at the board you completely miss yeah everyone laughs you're like wow that was a waste of turn but you still got to move closer to the end so oh so you're not left it, it doesn't, yeah you don't have a right. flat turn oh that's great yeah it doesn't it doesn't subtract from the core of the game it just is a just a little dollop of fun sitting on top that uh i really like and i think people should play this game i think they should this looks incredible i had i wasn't familiar with this at all and so this has been flying under my radar I, this probably flying under the radar of a lot of folks you need to stop and Google it right now if you're listening to this. I know you're you're obviously on your phone. You're listening to a podcast. Just you know, open up another, open up your browser and Google this game because it looks so good. I love the art style. I love how vibrant it is and cartoony. Um, it looks really cool. It looks super cool. I also appreciate that the expansion that they recently put out is also a direct reference to. Uh, the expansion they put out is Dodo Dash, which obviously is a reference to Mario Kart Double Dash, the best uh, version of Mario Kart that has been put out. But it also is just That's a bold stance. I'm, I stand by that stance. One of the best uh, <laughs> best Mario Kart games out. Um, but also, uh, it just seems like a really good game that you could play with kids and like family too. It doesn't have to be a super super crazy night. Oh yeah, this looks awesome. Um, 
does it uh is the board just like one track or is it like modulars that have like a couple of different tracks in there uh it's it's a fixed track but there are uh like there's there's i think it's either four or eight total tracks in the game there's also rules if you want to do a mario kart style cup race of doing specific tracks in specific orders mm-hmm. um all but one of the tracks have like boost spaces or a bridge that you have to move a certain number of spaces to clear Heck yeah. um so you you get that fun you know some of them have a shortcut but you know you have to be going you have to be able to clear the shortcut in order to get to the other side uh or <clears throat> there's a, a volcano that we played that if you have to end your movement if it's possible for you to end your movement on a magma space you have to and then you take some damage so it's all about mathing out like okay i could go three spaces but if i do that then i have to take damage so instead i'll play this one that only moves me two but then i'm safe and the next turn i can leapfrog past it so you still have that opportunity for you know strategy figuring out your best possible move at any given point but again it's the the artwork everything it's just fun it, is, it does not take itself seriously at all mm-hmm. in the best way possible. I love it. That's brilliant. That looks absolutely delightful. And uh, definitely the uh, the highest rated game that uh, we're talking about tonight. 7.8, like you said, solid game. People really like this one. Uh, I want to go ahead and talk about Rallyman GT now. And uh, I'm going to be honest, this is the whole reason I want to talk about racing games this episode. Uh, I just, I played Rallyman GT, uh, for the first time, I don't know, probably about a month ago or so. And, yeah. uh, I've been hooked. I can't get enough of the game. I absolutely love it. Uh, this was Ian's Joker. I can confirm. Oh my goodness. No, I love this game. I, I played it and, uh, I just, you know, thank God, thank God for uh, board game arena. Cause on a whim, I just, oh, I was just, I saw a random invite for a table for Rallyman GT. And I was like, okay, I kind of like downforce. That sounds kind of fun. I'll play a racing game. I have no idea what it's like. And immediately fell in love with it. I absolutely adored this game. Immediately had to play. I got Aaron. I got Dennis. Uh, you know, I got Max to come in and play with us. Dennis immediately went ahead and picked up a physical copy after playing the game, and uh, you know, brought it to game night so you could play it, Matt. And yes. uh, I just, I immediately I knew that you guys would like this one. The uh, it is, you know, of course a racing game. That's the theme. Um, what I like about this one is it's you know, very much like the most direct racing one that we have. Uh, you know, of course, you're moving your pieces across the board. But what I liked is that it's all, it's very dice-driven. The uh, As you move, you have the, you have, uh, with the base game, you have six dice that represent gears. You know, one through six, you go up in gears. And uh, the uh, on your turn, depending on what gear you start in, the um you can move up or down you can if you're in third gear you can shift down to second and then down to first because you can only use each die one time on your turn so if you go down to second from third gear you can't go you can't go up to fourth unless you use gear three so you got to be very thoughtful about how you use your gears and the reason you got to be thoughtful about is as you come towards turns and things like that there's a lot of restrictions around what gear you have to be in to get around that turn so you got to think about if you if you get up to a really high gear so that you can go first, because that's how they determine turn order. If you're going to get to a high gear and go first next turn, are you going to be able to break hard enough to get around that t- corner without losing control? 
And then the second thing I really like about it is that not only is there this uh, puzzle element of how do you put together the most, uh, the best possible route through a corner. You get like extra dice where you can break down super hard and skip gears on the way down. So you can scream to a super high gear and then slam on the brakes to go around that corner as fast as you can. Uh, the uh, Not only does it really reward you thinking ahead and figuring out exactly what you want to do in your team but then after you plan it out you can sort of take you know take your fate into your own hands and you can either roll the dice one at a time and stop rolling in case you're about to spin out every die has like a warning symbol on it if you collect too many warning symbols you fall off the track and you miss it you lose a turn but if you feel really lucky you can just roll all the dice at once and you have a way higher chance of spinning out but if you don't spin out, you're going to get little focus tokens, which allow you to guarantee a die so that if you're rolling them one by one, you don't have to roll the die anymore. So that, you know, if you have a, a really like a really like sketchy turn where you try to get around a corner and you're trying to catch up, then you have the option to just not roll the dice. You can just say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to make this. This is going to happen. And uh, you don't have to worry about it. The um, I can keep talking about this. I'm going to talk about it a lot more, but Matt, you got the chance to play this uh, recently. I knew you would like this one, and I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts about it. Oh my gosh. It was so fun. It's probably it's probably the best first play I've had of a game in a long time. I mean, within a couple of turns, immediately click with the mechanic. The two things I guess I want to say are uh, for all of that like that Ian just described about how the dice rolling works. It's like, you know, the dice represent gears, you have a couple of different options for rolling them. And there's this and that. It, it, it may sound like sort of complicated, but the weird thing is that this game feels like driving a car. It, it's so crazy how this dice mechanic, this push your luck dice mechanic, 100% transforms into feeling like you're driving a car. I mean, you, the way there's like a bizarre sense of speed to the game. Like when you play a long string of dice and it starts building up from like first, second, third, fourth, fifth, like your mind is like, and you're, you can't, you got to make a vroom vroom noise when you're pushing your car forward. Uh, and there's this tremendous like risk reward mechanic of baked into everything you, in the game. And that's what makes it have this incredible sense of tension, right? Because the first kind of risk reward thing you have to do every turn is you plot out your route with your dice. Like, okay, this is how many dice I want to try and move forward through this many gears. And then you got to decide: Do I want to be? Do I want to be? Uh, do I want to roll them one at a time and be safe? Also, AKA, be really lame. Or do you want to pick them all up and roll them all at once, which is both bold and awesome? So you should always do that every time because it's cool, and uh, you should not do it every time. But still, the feeling of uh, being able to of picking all the dice up and it actually like working. Because basically, what happens is that if you you know you can just instantly spin out because you've risked it all. But if it works and you pull off the run that you plotted out to get all these cool focus tokens, you are in a really powerful position to pull off a crazy move in the next turn. Uh, but then there's the whole Richard War too of like, okay, I could really jam out on this straightaway right now. Like I've got a good lead. I could get all the way up to sixth gear, but then I gotta can I break from sixth to third or fourth or to sixth to first and get around this turn? The answer is you cannot. But should you try it? Of course. Yes. Why Why would you not try it? Do it. Go for it. It's, oh, this game's incredible. It's total chaos, but like organized chaos, like it, all wrapped up in this sense of like, when do I risk it and when do I play it safe? It's so great. Yeah, no, this, uh, 
of of all of the racing games I have played, this absolutely feels the most like racing. Like it is yeah. simple it is it is simply about moving your car quick that exercising control around turns you know you have to make sure you don't come into this turn too fast because otherwise you're going to spin out and uh the the way the speed works is uh you have your your five you know one through five gear dice at the start of your turn whatever gear you ended your last turn in that's the that's the where you have to start your turn and you can only add dice in front of you as long as they're in numerical order starting with or going one or up from the die that you ended your last turn in so if you know you're coming up on a turn you know like i know you guys have already gone over this but it is so like that that you have to be thinking two three four turns ahead as you're coming up to you know knowing well there's a switch back here and then a wide open straight right after it and then a couple uh, you know, softer turns. So what gear do I want to end up in here? Because two turns from now, I need to be, I have to be in first gear. Yeah. So I can speed up a lot here and then hope that my brakes allow me to slow down carefully enough. And well, first gear is dangerous, right? Because we didn't talk about this. But <laughs> there's the mechanic, the one of the craziest mechanics in the game that makes so much logical sense is like, you uh, you can't pass anybody that's in a higher gear ahead of you, right? So if you go down to first, uh, thinking like I'm gonna go for like a you know to to get around a tight curve, or you think like I'm gonna start in first so I can really like use all six dice and make like, like an incredible run down this straightaway, you can actually get yourself hosed in a position where the other players get ahead of you, and if you can't advance past them because they're you know you don't have the dice to uh advance like they uh you can't pass them or whatever so it, it can get like really complicated like i got stuck in a corner because i couldn't speed up around uh uh, uh russ and uh dennis who i was playing with and you know the way the lanes were they just like boxed me out i mean thematic is like a word we toss around a lot you know and to me like thematic is that moment when you are like not playing a board game anymore and you are racing cars, like everything is like happening the way, like what's happening is happening. You know, you're thinking about hairpin turns, coasting, Tokyo drifting your way around this turn so you can like slam it to the straightaway. I mean, I just immediately put on a Spotify playlist of like seventies rock. And it was just like, we were just having a night of this. Um, Oh yeah. No, it's just really, really good. Yeah, thematically it works really, really well. Like the one of the things I really like about it is the uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously you're moving your you're moving your car forward as you choose where these dice as you choose what dice you're going to use. You're putting them on the track to show where you're going to be going. But it's important where you put them too because like as you're going around a turn, sometimes if you go straight into the turn, you have to be going one speed. But if you're all the way on the outside of the track and you come into that turn at a diagonal, you can go faster. It allows you to go faster. So there's a lot of thought to that. But also, I mean, like you said, that's thematic, you know, like you're going to come into a turn. You want to come wide and hit the center of that corner just to try and, you know, get as much use out of your car as you can. I, I think that's so cool that like they put a, they put thought into that and it's neat. One of the things that I, I really like about it is, I mean, you're, 
you're always going to have the issue of uh, like a runaway winner. The uh, sometimes like every you know there's any game you play there's always the chance that sometimes somebody just gets too far ahead and you can't catch up and what are you going to do? But I found that in this game this happens less often than uh, you'd think it would. You'd think like oh somebody just gets way ahead and then there's there's no issues. Well you know and that's why I, th- I think the game plays best at like three you know three or yeah. more people because. When you have more people, you may be getting further ahead, but there's still you're you're one bad turn away from somebody catching up. If you're not in a high enough gear and somebody gets to take two turns in a row, they could catch yep. up to you. Maybe they even get in front of you. You can't move anymore. And so you all of a sudden have to think about, okay, well, I need to keep pushing my luck. Because even though one guy may have wiped out back there, the second guy's hot on my tail. And so you may wipe out as well, and all of a sudden everybody's back in the game. So I found that you have way less situations where somebody is just so far ahead they're never going to lose because yeah. you always have to be considering what happens if you mess up. Well, I experienced that because I get in my first game or my first and only game I played so far, uh, Dennis and Russ both spun out early and I got a crazy lead and I had a, a, a gutsy, like uh, run up a straightaway that gave me like a big lead. So I, I had, I was actually like potentially going to lap them. I had such a huge like turn but then uh, I made that mistake that I just described where I, I downshifted like way too much in preparation of trying to go into this turn. And then they both were able to, uh, in a really smart way, uh, go take a couple extra turns, get ahead of me, and then block me in. And so like they took like multiple turns before I could go again. I realized oh, I, I miscalculated. I flew too close to the sun. So it's a game of, it really is a game that balances the risk reward thing of like, you want to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And then when do you pull back and like play it safe? Um, it's pretty darn good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good game. I, uh, there's a couple, there's like a couple expansions out. Um, the, uh, I said six dice, Aaron, you said five dice. We're actually both right. The base game comes with, uh, the GT, GT six, which has six, uh, has six different gears that you can use. And you have like three coast dice, uh, or sorry, two coast dice. But then the expansion GT5 has more coast dice, but you only have five gears. But you also have a boost dice, which is essentially the reverse of a break dice, where normally when you break, you can use break dice to skip gears so you can break really hard. And uh, the the expansion comes with a, a green die that allows you to skip gears going up. So provides you more strategical options as you're moving around. So there's a couple different expansions. Uh, the maps are also modular. They have lots of, in the back of the uh, back of the manual, they provide lots of things. It's like, oh, here's how you can, you know, here's a pre-made track that you just got to put together. But you can also make your own tracks, which is just fun. Like, yes. I was wanting to make sure we mentioned that. That's a cool part of the game is you just, like, what looks like a fun shape with, like, lots of, you know, you want lots of turns, you want crazy straightaways. Like, what do you want? It's yeah, cool. you can really just you can you know make your own fun with it. You can make a super long track that's you know you do one lap and you just you know lots of chances for things to go wrong and catch up and really just build you know build a super long or you make it a really short track and do a bunch of laps and you know see what happens there. It's uh, there's like I I keep talking about this game for for a long time. I am obsessed yes. with this game. <laughs> this, I can, this is clearly one. We could we could have done the entire yeah. episode. Oh my gosh, I, uh, I I'm played so many rounds of this already. I cannot get enough of it. I bought it so shortly after I, I played it. The um, it's a real classic. I 100% recommend checking this one out. Uh, it is one of the games you can play for free on Board Game Arena. So if you're interested at all, check it out. Uh, unfortunately, the company Holy Grail Games uh, did unfortunately go. Uh, 
out of business uh, just within the last couple of weeks. Um, they had a very unfortunate experience with a, uh, uh, not a uh, publisher, but the person who was going to be distributing all of their, uh, a lot of their Kickstarter stuff and did not, did not deal with them very well. They lost a lot of money. They unfortunately went out of business. So if it's something you're interested in, keep an eye out because there might not be that many more of them. So worth worth grabbing if you see it and you're interested in it but man i cannot recommend this game enough this is one of the most enjoyable experiences i've had playing a game in a very long time that's going to be it for our racing game episode of all of course as always thank you for listening we really do appreciate it and uh, hopefully you found some games you might like to try out for yourself if there are some racing games that you really enjoy maybe you could let us know check us out let us know what games you're really enjoying matt if people want to get in touch with us where can they do so you can find us in the exciting world of board game Instagram. Look for us at Dice Pirates. You'll find a bevy of exciting content. This will include mini reviews, fun reels, updates on what we're playing, cool stuff. Come check us out and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And keep an eye out for new episodes. Of course, we will be coming out with some more stuff soon. Keep your eyes peeled for that. But until then, we'll be right here on the Dice Pirates. Play more games. 